Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. Well, the time is here. It is the week of Christmas. Hanukkah has begun. Happy holidays to all, and we're here to talk about some holiday stuff. So first and foremost, hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hi. So we all uh, finally had a chance to sit down and talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Uh, so we want to discuss that and and also share with you all, uh, to sort of continue the theme from last week, we're going to share our Mount Rushmore of Christmas songs, since Guardians of the Galaxy has always inspired some musical create creativity. The holiday special was no different, right? Yeah. So uh, we figured it would be a nice bridge to share our favorite Christmas songs with all of you. So without further ado, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun. It was not. It's not going to make my Mount Rushmore of movies. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was unique because Marvel doesn't have anything like that prior. And especially now that they have Disney Plus as a platform to do shows and stuff, I think it was cool that they had something that was not a show, but not a movie. And it was festive. It was. It was. Luke? I really liked it. Yeah? Like, this is unironically one of the best Phase 4 projects. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking when I say that. I thought it was hilarious. I thought, like, it was very Guardians of the Galaxy. It was really in your face. They pulled no punches. And it, it, it was just, it was exactly what I expected. And so you would say that your expectations were non-existent, low, or high? Um, well, just because it was going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, my expectations were somewhat high. Okay. But I was like, yeah, it's a Christmas special. It's not going to be that good. But I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought that it was it was really heartwarming too. Mm-hmm. Like it was really wholesome, but the humor was just yeah. It was on point. Yeah, it was funnier than Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> it was the same wavelength. It was not. It was not. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was. They abduct Kevin Bacon. I know. <laughs> Thor has a moment talking about his ex weapon with his current weapon. This is the same thing. That was, that part was very funny. Same thing. That was, that part was, I I did like the whole Stormbreaker V Mjolnir love triangle with Thor. I I did, but I don't know why we're sitting here talking about Thor love and thunder because this is a Thor love and thunder podcast because the guardians of the galaxy were in both the holiday special and Thor love and thunder. I, um, I liked their like, self-actualization moment where they're just saying actors suck (laughs) i thought that was one of the best parts of the whole thing i hate actors actors are terrible (laughs) and like right right in front of kevin bacon i enjoyed it too i thought it was fun Uh, i'm really psyched about these special presentations now we've gotten two right werewolf by night which we have a, a nice discussion about if you haven't checked it out and you're in the mood, go for it. Go look at our, go listen to what we had to say about that. But we all enjoyed that. Uh, we all seem to have enjoyed the holiday special with uh, with the Guardians. Uh, so I really like this sort of, you know, what was it? Forty five minutes, just about. It was, yeah, it was. It wasn't super long. The stakes are not high. You know, we're not going into this with Infinity War level stakes or end game or or even you know multiverse multiverse of madness you know everybody was so psyched about that movie because of the whole multiverse aspect 
or the whole angle with the multiverse, but this is just a sort of fun thing to go in there and you can add it to your list of things you would want to watch around Christmas time, I think. Uh, so really, really interesting concept now that they've come up with. And I can't really think of any other property that has the flexibility to do that yeah. where they do a special presentation that can be about whatever. Right. So, uh, Bravo, they did a great job. It was, it was a lot of fun. Go ahead, Luke. There is one other franchise that can do whatever they want. And okay. it's the Lego franchise. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. The Lego yeah. franchise can literally make a movie or a special about anything. Yeah. It's all about licensing. That's true. I remember, uh, when the Lego movie was coming out, cool. You know, I, I didn't, um, we didn't go see it in the theaters or anything, but when I did finally see it, on um you know netflix or whatever it was that came out we watched it i remember thinking the same thing like legos can do anything they want sorry lego i don't think the plural of lego is legos you might want to you know fact check me but i believe the plural of lego is lego i have no idea like moose and, and meat. fish fish and fish fishes <laughs> fishes fish <laughs> meese and mouses this is really random but it made me think uh, the vodka Grey Goose okay. changed their logo by the smallest margin, oh. and now instead of just having one goose on it, now there are three, but they're still called Grey Goose. It's not Grey Geese. I was hoping it they would change roll it to off Grey the tongue Geese. As easily. And I That's think true. it's a little curious that they changed their logo to have three instead of one, but they didn't pluralize their name. I don't know. Missed opportunity. When I said Grey Geese, I thought to myself, Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. A lot of G there. Gro- yeah, there is. Um, so what were some of the highlights for for you guys on the holiday special of Guardians? I think number one for me was by far uh, Mantis. I think yeah. she's just sort of always been a side character. Uh-huh. She does help move the plot in the introduction with, what's his name? Um, Quill's dad? Oh, the... Uh, Ego? Craiglin. Ego? Oh, oh, yeah, the, the actual dad? Ego. Yeah, yeah. Ego. Yeah. Um, so she helps a lot there, but she's not like... What to me until this, I didn't really think of her as one of the guardians of the galaxy. Now I really do, and it's because of the attachment she has now to her family member, right? Yeah. Um, but highlight for me would oh, will always be and has always been Groot. <laughs> I think seeing him as you've seen him in so many different forms now that this is like brand new to everything, and this is how you see him in the trailers for stuff now. Like, this yeah. is who he is now. This yeah. isn't just like uh, uh, editing issue you know no. so seeing him in this form he's big he's as big as everybody he's around now yeah but he's not grown up yet they still make a point of calling him kid yeah they give him a little game boy which i thought was <laughs> hilarious and he just gets so excited and he's making little mannequins and little figurines like a kid would right and then he's jumping around in excitement like a kid so yes. i think they do yeah. a good job of that and he- seeing him like as thick as he is <laughs> but still having like sort of a high-pitched voice was hilarious um it's true and I actually can I share a memory with you guys uh, that were was was brought on by the Game Boy that was given to Groot um, back when I actually would play that Game Boy as a kid. Uh, I was actually in high school. I mean, I got it before I was in high school, but continued playing it into high school. And I would drive to school, and my friend would be there early, and he'd hop in my car, and we used to, he would having this Game Boy too. Uh, and we would have to connect them with a physical wire. And I don't even remember what kind of connection it, it was obviously not USB or anything like that. I want to 
I don't even remember what, what the connector was, but we would connect it and play Tetris. You could play like versus Tetris versus each other. And it was, it was magical. It was magical because up until that point, we would only play video games in our homes. And now we were sitting outside of our homes playing video games. So I had a flood of nostalgia come by and, and flood my brain when I saw that. You want to hear something cool? Go ahead. So I was talking to one of the kids I coach about what he wants for Christmas, and he was saying that he wants a, a new VR game. He said, oh, do you play a lot of games on VR? He said, I only play games on VR. I said, you have a <laughs> PC or a PlayStation, Xbox? He goes, no, I only play games on VR. I was like, oh, interesting. And he said that he plays a virtual reality detective game. What? And I was like, wow, that sounds cool. And he goes, yeah, it's a whole thing where you're walking through like a house as a detective, and there are other players, and it's like a role play thing. And um, like each person goes by their own, like you make an avatar for it, and you completely personalize it, personalize it, give it a whole background and everything. And said he plays with people from all over the world. In VR. In VR. Do, have you guys seen or remember seeing Ready Player One, that yeah. movie? I have actually never seen that movie. It's, you a should, movie. it's a really good movie. You should check it out because it's all based on VR and basically what you're talking about. It's sort of like in a future and like a dystopian type of setting. And it's an actually like geographically correct version of Ohio. Really? Ooh, explain. It sucks. It's, <laughs> Um, <laughs> Ohio is Ohio's okay. nice. it's not a real place. Don't so defend cool. Ohio. Ohio is lovely. <laughs> no, like Ohio. the the main character in Ready Player One, they live in like these cargo containers that are like really stacked up real high yeah. in Ohio, and that's like the new wave of the world because everybody just goes home and plays the game yeah. and lives in that reality. So I decided an I ample opportunity to take a dig at Ohio. I mean, it's only Ohio. Everywhere else is beautiful in the world. <laughs> Paradise, but only Ohio. Is I did not realize I will, I'm going to stop the, the Ohio <laughs> slander right now. I will do it because Ohio is lovely. I've been there. It's a lovely place. Uh, but How I much does Ohio pay you to say that you've been there? <laughs> Ohio does not sponsor the Colby cast. Uh, but I didn't realize that that movie took place in Ohio. I think it's in Cleveland. Yeah. So you should see it, Luke. It's a good movie. But we're gonna steer the train back into uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Land. Where were we? Groot Game Boy. That's yep. what that's what derailed us. Yep. Uh, so that was one of your highlights. Is, is, yeah, I agree with you. Groot was funny. Luke, what, what did what were some of your highlights? The music number was awesome. <laughs> yeah, was... I I loved. It. I thought it was hilarious. His great writing, and then you add music to it. it you know, it's like Rogers the Musical. <laughs> Speaking right? of. Speaking of, can I go down another rabbit trail? Let's go. We're it here. was around this time of year. I can't tell you the exact date, but I can tell you I can't. I just where I was <laughs> and what I was doing because it was around this time of year that we were treated to one of the greatest things that the MCU has ever produced, which was Rogers the Musical. Because it was this time last year Hawkeye was on, and it ended just before Christmas. I don't know if it was this week, last week, or whatever, but it was around this time of year. So maybe we should watch it again. I thought it was great. We're going to talk about the real stuff and not bother with more musical talk. You're cutting off the Steve Rogers, the musical? Yes, absolutely. Unbelievable. Um, I thought it was hilarious that they're on Hollywood Boulevard, <laughs> and Mantis sees what she thinks is Captain America and goes, Steve! <laughs> and just runs over and tackles him. The craziest part is, like, that's not that inaccurate for Hollywood no, Boulevard. No. 
it they just, just made it look a it lot was cleaner way cleaner <laughs> and way less busy it's true yeah that's very true i i'm gonna keep with the mantis theme because she was she, i think she may have been the highlight for me yeah. and and going back to infinity war i actually <laughs> went back and rewatched a little bit of infinity war today just because of the the, the scene that i was thinking of with mantis and it it's one of my favorite scenes from Infinity War. It's when they're on Titan and the two teams come together. So you got the Guardians and you got Tony Stark, Spidey, and Doctor Strange, and they're fighting each other, right? So, um, <laughs> and then Peter is like crawling backwards because Mantis is walking towards him. It's like, no, 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 put your eggs in me. <laughs> <laughs> but then the best part, and this was. This is one of the reasons why I have such an appreciation for Mantis was when they're trying to do the plan and then Tony Stark is trying to get their attention. And then uh, he goes, what is, uh, what does Peter uh, Quill say? He goes, um, that's not our style or something like that. And and he goes, well, what is it that you do? And then she says, kick names and take ass. <laughs> <laughs> but the funniest thing too is Drax. He goes, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're an underrated dynamic duo. Yeah. And we get a lot of them in this one. Go ahead. That's true. I was going to say, I think Mantis carries that duo. I have become less of a fan of Drax. Really? I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I think he was why I didn't like the majority of the things I didn't like in the holiday special, sure. if I'm being honest. Sure. Um, he is sort of a one-trick pony, yeah. right? I mean, his introduction in the first Guardians he was a highlight, of the, one oh, of the yeah. highlights of he that was movie. He so funny in that movie. Yeah. I think part of it was he was so dark and so, like, borderline evil. Yeah. and Vengeful, definitely. Yeah. And in the first one? In the first Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. And what was so funny about it was, like, he was so serious. Yeah. Now he's, like, lightened up and everything. Yeah. So he's sort of just, like, an idiot now. Now he, yeah, he, he now he laughs at everything. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can see that. I don't really. I, I still he, like him. He doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm sort of um, what's it called? Um, I'm neutral on on Drax there, uh, but I do think that his literal nature and Mantis's real just confusion about everything it was a very very fun dynamic to yeah. see them. I mean, they're ringing Kevin Bacon's doorbell over and over <laughs> and over, and then they're just like, eh. it, it really it put um like the real world Earth in the context of the MCU where they're just going to jump over this wall and there's nothing that Kevin Bacon can do about it. But for me, he was another one of the highlights, Kevin Bacon, because number one, great musical number on his part too. Um, and then for him to agree to be like the subject of, yeah, actors are terrible and just <laughs> sort of like making fun of actors uh, in general. As he just like looks that. at his bank account and like, yeah, we're awful. Exactly. Exactly. It's he's, He was a good sport. But there was surprisingly in this, maybe not surprisingly, because the Guardians, uh, as funny as they are, they also have heart. Yeah. And they've always had heart. But this had heart, too. So it had a, a nice message, um, you know, with them wanting to give Peter a, a fun Christmas and then not having any concept whatsoever. Yeah. But then also with Craglin sort of, quote unquote, ruining it. But then at the at the end... Peter comes up with, you know, well, actually, you guys don't know the end of that story. And of course, you know, because he he was rough on the outside, but but really was a father figure to Peter, yeah. like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, we saw volume volume two. Uh, so that was nice for them to sort of finish it off. Um, 
Luke, you said something, and then I've been waiting to hear your thoughts on it, about moving the plot forward, about it having some things that actually did connect to the MCU. So please, let me hear what you have to say about that. So one was the pretty obvious one of Mantis being Quill's sister. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, That was sort of weird. I felt like, why are they doing this, and why now? But I don't know. I guess it was sort of a reason to go do all this for him, right? Yes. But I, I think that they'll like, yeah, you know, even if it's not like a big driving plot point, right? It sort of makes the emotional connection between them a little bit stronger. Yeah, I agree. And especially like, there seems to be a very big theme of loss in the next Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> yeah. movie. Yep. So now that the bond is a little bit closer, maybe something comes from that. Um, and then the other thing was. They are now run nowhere. Yeah. yeah they own nowhere. That's yeah. sort of a big deal. That's huge. I think so, too. That is a big deal. Uh, was it, Were those the main two things? Or was yeah. There something else? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that because nowhere is important to the MCU. I mean, so does that mean they, they own that whole celestial head? I think so. Do you think that they could, like, take it to Earth and plant it next to the other big celestial head from the Eternals? That didn't happen. Why not? <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. But another funny thing that, to me, that I wonder if any of those things will play into the next one. You know, the whole Mantis's Quill sister, which I think was cool, too, yeah. because it added a, a level of depth and heart to the to the to the actual show, but also something that it could turn into something else down the road, but it doesn't have to. Right. But then the whole owning nowhere, I wonder if that's going to play in at all to volume three. I want to know like that same thing, but I think it should play a decent enough part because now they're adding all these father figures with children now, like Hulk, Thor, these guys now have children. Yeah. Why wouldn't you have a brother sister relationship? And the thing I want to know is, which of which one of them is going to die now that they've introduced them as siblings? They're going to pull on our heartstrings that much more when this movie's on the horizon and going to come out very soon. Yeah, because it does look like there's going to be some heavy stuff coming out. We talked about that in another episode where we were talking about the trailer, right? Um, so we'll see. We'll only have to wait until uh, like um, May, is it? I think May it comes out. Uh, Luke, did you notice Mark Hamill? Did you see Mark Hamill in the. In no, the I didn't. Yep. He was one of the dudes hanging out on the drink on the uh, street drinking, and then they sort of panned right by him, and then he got up and walked up some staircases, and they kept panning past him. But Mark Hamill was in it. Yeah, it was just like a side profile, and I didn't believe you. And then I looked up the cast, and I was like, "Oh, he he's didn't, right." He didn't even say anything. I don't think he said anything, mm-hmm. did he? I don't think that's um, interesting. Yeah, but that was I thought that was very funny. Um, but speaking of Mark Hamill and tying it into something you mentioned, Caleb, while we were watching it on the, and the animated part of it. So it sort of began and ended with an animated little animated storytelling. And you brought up a good point that way. The actor for Craglin doesn't have to put all that blue paint all over his face. Craglin, isn't he the guy that now has the Mohawk? Wait, I don't know. Maybe what's the dad's the, the, not the dad, but the the blue blue guy's name. Yondu. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been calling him Craglin the entire time. Yeah. I sit corrected, Yondu. <laughs> yeah, so Yondu didn't have to get all maked up yeah. um, uh, with the the animation. But I came across and full marks, and you get an A plus for this, uh, Jen from the from the the uh, the long take. Sorry, um, wrote a review on this, which is fantastic, just like all of her write ups. But she brought up the point where James Gunn actually uh, tweeted something about. 
why those the the animation was there and he was answering somebody that um tweeted at james gunn that said james why uh why why did you go with the animation for those flashbacks i love them but curious what drew you in that direction and this is what his response was from J- james gunn's um Twitter account. I wanted to do the Star Wars holiday special, but done right. No offense, Mark Hamill, etc. I like the idea of music and uh, the mixed media and off the rails nature, but not necessarily the way everything was assembled. Um, and then he shouted out the kid that uh, voiced Peter in the animation. Mm-hmm. So come to find out and forgive me star wars fans but i don't remember ever having seen the star wars holiday special (laughs) i think i was too young to remember when it aired and i've never seen you know a like a recorded version of it and it's really not out there for anybody to see george lucas is not the biggest champion of this holiday special because it's sort of legendary now and how cringy it was Mm -hmm. that's sort of the narrative around it so James Gunn wanted to do sort of like his spin on that. And that holiday special began and ended with a Star Wars animated type of story that they introduced Boba Fett. Fun fact, they, this was before Empire Strikes Back, after the original Star Wars. And Boba Fett was in this animated thing that started and ended the holiday special. So a little, uh, little fun fact there for you about why it started and ended with the... Um, the the animated portion of it i'm sure yondu the actor for yondu is ecstatic regardless yeah he got the uh, voiceover money and didn't have to put all that blue paint on his face (laughs) cosmo the astronaut dog guy was pretty fantastic that was hilarious it reminded me of um up and and (laughs) russell's interaction with him even though now it's it's uh Rocket talking to the dog. Yeah. But yeah. I thought it was cool regardless. Um, another fun thing was Drax's uh, love for that little blown up elf. <laughs> yeah, that little inflatable elf was very fantastic. Um, I would like to have seen more Rocket. Rocket wasn't in it enough, although he got a pretty awesome little quick gift from Nebula, which we'll talk about in a second. But I, <laughs> I want to see more. I want to see, I would like to have seen more Rocket, but that's just because I'm a big Rocket fan. I think realistically it may have been strategic because i do think that the new movie for the guardians is going to be very rocket centric you think so i think i really really do think so um that would be cool because i really enjoy rocket i really enjoy rocket the raccoon and (laughs) kevin bacon called him a talking raccoon (laughs) (laughs) he got very angry he did uh but i would also love to see how nebula got bucky's arm yeah, that's so random. Is Bucky just not have an arm now, or what was that? I don't get it. He has a new arm. Oh, did, yeah. Did he get a new arm in Falcon and Winter Soldier? Did they give him a new arm? Because he got his arm shot off by Tony Stark. Yeah. Then they gave him a new one in Wakanda. Uh-huh. But did he get a one, get, did he get another one after that? I can't remember. I thought the original was like a gray arm, and his new one was black. Was I? Am I completely making that up? I think it was black, and it looked like the one that Rocket got. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. Maybe Bucky's just like getting a new one. He's doing well, upgrades. He he's doing great for himself. Like he's in he's in a good place. He went to therapy and he's now, you know, good friends. He's going to be leading the um, what's it called, the Thunderbolts. Yeah. At least, maybe he's going to be leading. He's going to be a part of the Thunderbolts. But anyway, I thought that was hilarious because it's a callback to Infinity War, right? Where he's yeah. like, "I'm going to get that arm." Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> great. Um, all right. Final thoughts. Anything before we get to our Mount Rushmore of, uh, of of Christmas music? Yes. Nebula's dancing was top tier. That was fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mantis robbed somebody. <laughs> she did. She robbed. She said, Give me the pamphlet for free. Oh yeah, she did. <laughs> Give me all your money. <laughs> what would have been really cool is if maybe I don't know if they if. I don't know. I think it would have been cool. If they went to the instead of going to that bar in uh, in Hollywood. If they would have gone to the Scum and Villainy Cantina, which is a Star Wars themed bar, right up right down the street from where they were, oh, where really? they were taking pictures. Yeah, it's a cool, cool, really cool place. You walk in and it looks like you're walking into like a um, uh, cantina in Star Wars, and That's it's cool. in real life. Like you could go down there right now, uh, but that may have been a little bit too much yeah. on the nose, maybe. Um, plus, you know, who knows, maybe there'll be a MCU Star Wars crossover someday that they wouldn't want to ruin. Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't want that. I'm not advocating for that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's transition. Let's transition to our Mount Rushmore. We introduced the theme last year, last year. What am I talking about? I'm almost, I'm almost in 2023 already. <laughs> we introduced the theme last week in our last episode, which was a Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. If you haven't checked that out, go check it out. This is a fun conversation. Um, but the whole idea is, you know, it's not a favorite Christmas song or like the fourth one on your list is less of a favorite. It's just four Christmas songs that are up there side by side, just like the faces on that mountain, uh, in South Dakota and, uh, important, important people that did important things. These are important songs that did important things in your life. It doesn't have to be better than the other Something you always want to listen to when it's Christmas time. So, Mount Rushmore of Christmas songs. So, I'll go first. And the first song on my list actually has um, a lot of nostalgia to it. And there's a bit of a story behind it. So, I'll try to keep it as, as short as possible. But when I was in junior high school, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, to be specific, I was in my school's choir, my school's music program. And it was actually... Uh, super fun fact, mom and I were in the same music program together in, in middle school, junior high school is what we called it back then. And we would do a Christmas concert and then a spring concert every single year. So mom and I started practicing these Christmas songs in like first week of school, September. And we would get everything all the way ready to go by December and then have a Christmas concert. And then the next semester we would start in on our, on our spring songs. And one of the songs that we sang is on my list and it's Carol of the bells. And the song, like that is, that's one of my favorite songs because of the experience, how it sounded performing it. And, you know, there were, so to give you a little context, there was like 60 or more kids in this choir so we had soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. So you're standing in this group of 60-plus kids, and just the power of people's voices was so amazing. And singing this song specifically, because the melody is so gorgeous, and it's it was such a complicated song to learn. You've got four different parts singing all these different things, and it goes so fast that it's it's just amazing. I I particularly like the version that's in Home Alone. We talked about Home Alone a little bit last episode. Uh, John Williams uh, did the score, and he also arranged. At least he's given credit for arranging some of the Christmas songs on the soundtrack. So 
I like in my own brain to think that there's a John Williams version of Carol of the Bells, That'd be cool. and it's from Home Alone. Uh, I do particularly <laughs> enjoy that version of it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's. Um, thank you for indulging me on my on my other nostalgic trip down memory lane. I really thought you were going to give us a rendition. No, I won't be doing that. Damn no, it. no, 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 maybe <laughs> maybe some other time. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Oh, okay. Um, I'm not familiar with this setup, so I thought you were going to go one, two. No, we're just going to go. Cool. We're going to give our fourth and then start over again. I like it. Um, I think this one is going to be my like fourth because it's so new. And it's a song by Macklemore, actually. Oh. And I think it came out last year, maybe within the last three years. I'll give it that one. Okay. I can't tell you an exact time. But it's called It's Christmas Time. And it's definitely the only one of this genre of music on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really cool. It's nostalgic. And it's him talking about how he wished he could be a kid again. Mm. Talking about the struggles that he had throughout like his childhood, knowing that his parents weren't the richest people coming from nothing, trying to discount for whatever you want to provide for your kid, whether you, um, whether you made it sound like it was Santa bringing it or the parents being like, Nope, this is from us for Christmas. He does a good job of telling a really beautiful story in it. And it's rather catchy. If you ask me, I think I may have heard that, but I did not expect to have Macklemore brought up on yeah, Mount Rushmore. I did not Christmas either, music. but it's a really good Christmas song. I'm going to check it out just to make sure to see if I've actually listened to it. Luke, what's yours? I've actually never heard that song, um, but I'll go Wonderful Christmas Time, Paul McCartney. Ooh. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. It is a good one. And I'm not even a big, like, I will never go out of my way to listen to Christmas music. I, I'm yeah. not going to get upset over hearing Christmas mu- music or anything. I enjoy when it's on, but I don't really go out of my way for it. Mm-hmm. But this is a damn good song. I'm really surprised to hear you say that because uh, at one point your phone was named as Christmas time and it was all year <laughs> I long. I enjoy Christmas time. I really do. Yeah, but you're just but, not going you know, just, out of your way to listen to Christmas I think music. like the music sort of just adds to it, but yeah. it's not. it doesn't carry it. I can tell you that in years past, I have spent like 25 straight days listening to Christmas music and only Christmas music. And I was actually glad when it was over. So that's I, a mistake. I could never do that. I, I'm I, God bless the people that can. Yeah. Um, and I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, but I have tried that. And I ended up, uh, I, I now made myself a rule this year that I'm only listening to Christmas music. If we're doing Christmas things oh. like decorating or if we're, you know, uh, mom and I took Harley out and we went and look around, looking around at uh, Christmas uh, lights yeah. a couple weeks ago. So we had Christmas music on for that, uh, wrapping presents and stuff. So I'm enjoying the um, the sort of the change there. So anyway, so my next one is going to be uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home from Darlene Love which you guys have heard it. I'm sure you've heard it. It's a, it's an oldie. It's a classic. I just love the emotion in her voice. And I can hear it playing in my, in my brain right now. Like it starts out with this great bass, uh, this bass line, and then it just explodes into sound and fun bonus, uh, fact about this is that darlene love appeared in an episode of new girl oh. at a christmas uh, episode and she sang that song cool. outside their loft in the streets which was just brought a huge was smile she a, to my one friend. of the carolers or was it just her she had some carolers with okay. her i think i know which one you're yeah about. yeah she had some carolers with her it was it was so much fun it was a really fun anyway i just loved the, the emotion there i think for at least for me and i don't know if it's for everybody out there but for me something 
that takes a Christmas song to another level is sort of the longing that is inherent to Christmas, right? The the message of Christmas is hope and peace. And that's something that we as people are always longing for uh, and striving for. So if whether it's because you're missing somebody on Christmas or you want somebody to come home for Christmas or you want to be back in a certain place for Christmas, there's sort of a longing that goes with Christmas. And I think Darlene loves love really displays that longing in the emotion in her voice in that song. Even though it's upbeat and fun, yeah. you can hear that longing that's there. So, yeah, um, Darlene loves Christmas. It's fantastic. So because this is the Mount Rushmore of our songs, I'm not going to say favorite or least favorite, even though there is a favorite for me sure. on this list. So next I'm going to say Someday at Christmas by Stevie Wonder. And like you were talking about, the emotion, the story that is being portrayed in that, not everybody has to go through their entire lives suffering at any point, even for a long, short, whatever duration of time. And I think Stevie does a really good job of displaying that this isn't always such a magical time for everybody. Some people see it as quite the opposite. And I think that hope that you were talking about in the Darling Love song is always very relevant in Someday at Christmas by Stevie Wonder. And he has such an amazing, soulful voice. Oh, amazing. I think those are my favorite kinds of Christmas music because, like, there's the Mariah Carey that always tops the charts. <laughs> like, I don't even want to say the name because it's going to get stuck in my head. <laughs> this song gets stuck in my head for the reasons I've already mentioned instead of it just being catchy. Yes. So, Luke? Um, you know, I'll stick with the Stevie Wonder theme, but I do want to preface this. He is not blind. He's not? He is no. not blind. No, no. Not a lot yes, of people know that. Yes. <laughs> He's legally blind, but he can see like silhouettes of things. No, can no. He, he has 20-20 vision. Okay. <laughs> it's a, a thing that's going viral right now. Oh, like, is it? Interviews throughout like the last two decades of people giving stories. Like there's one Jamie Foxx talking about how he went up straight to him and said, did I spill something on my shirt? Even though, like, it's in a crowded room of people, he knew and singled out Jamie Foxx himself. Uh-huh. So it's it's a huge thing going on right now. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll go one little Christmas tree. Oh, that's a good one. I like the storytelling, and I, that's a pretty common thing in a lot of Stevie Wonder songs. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm a big uh, one little Christmas tree guy because it's a little bit more material. You know, it's about the it's about a tree, right? <laughs> but it's about what the tree means. Yeah, if that's what you want to take out of it. <laughs> but you're right. It is material. You're getting too deep, Dad. It's and it's a trees. classic, yeah. classic song. Uh, actually, Someday at Christmas was going to be my next uh, my next one, but I will, I'm going to replace it since we got to talk about it. And again, this is not a list of favorites, and yeah. you know, I'm not going to beat myself up for not having it on the list. Um, and you, you guys have already talked about two of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs for mm. Christmas time. I will add, though, before I pull my Audible and put in another one of my absolute favorites, um, I, I do want to say something about Stevie Wonder. Not just the two that you mentioned, but the whole album yeah. that those two songs are on is definitely an album that I do not let Christmas go by without yeah. listening to it from the beginning to the end. And that ties right back to my childhood because we would decorate the Christmas tree mm-hmm. listening to records the record playing of Stevie Wonder's Christmas. Another excellent Christmas album is um, is uh, one of the Beach Boys' uh, Christmas albums. That's a good one, too. Yeah. 
But the next one on my list is going to be uh, a version of the one that you referenced, which is the All I Want for Christmas from Mariah Carey, Mm. but it's the Michael Buble version Mm. of it. Because Michael Buble, that song is like the opposite of the Mariah Carey version because the Mariah Carey version is just super like energetic and upbeat. Michael Buble's version is absolute such low-key mellow kick your feet up and chill it's just based like piano bass there's no big bombastic uh instruments in the background it's all just super mellow and it's beautiful and you should listen to it and i might just start playing it right now because it's (laughs) really really good that's another good christmas album michael buble he does very good he has you know to me it's like there's certain iconic singers that go with christmas we mentioned bing crosby last week because uh of white christmas and there's going to be another one that i'm going to talk about for my last song but i'll put michael blue buble up there with all those guys yeah. and all those ladies because his voice and the things he's done with christmas music uh has been really wonderful so one of the things that i think is hilarious is like social media will talk about how people artists that you're talking about that caliber that just go synonymous with christmas time mm-hmm. are starting to defrost and then they're going to start to <laughs> warm up their vocal cords to sing those songs. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's the next one on your list, Caleb? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say Christmas Time is Here from the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm. Vince. <laughs> or I'm not going to try to say his last name. Vince. We're going to call Vince. him Vince. That song to me is just so beautiful. Yes. It's a choir, a chorus of mm-hmm. children. Who are singing and what plays at the same time is just so pretty as well in the actual um what would you even call it movie special it was a special okay yeah and i've always loved the penis i've always loved the uh charlie brown stuff and i think that to me epitomizes christmas when i hear if someone were to come up to me in the street say what's the song that you think of when it's christmas time and i would think christmas time is here by vince last name um <laughs> in the charlie brown christmas vince I, not vince, vince vaughn <laughs> i can't remember it i can't remember how to pronounce it off the top of my head but if i saw it i think i could pronounce it for you um yeah garaldi it's a vince garaldi and te- technically it's the vince garaldi trio because they're, they're a jazz trio yes but yeah that's to me that's had that has to be a staple on my mountain rushmore of christmas songs yes you know what? I was gonna I was gonna change it up, but I, I just can't. That that was on my list, and I'm not taking it off. It deserves to stay. It does, and you know it, it's hard to argue with the resume that it has. Mm-hmm. It stood the test of time. It has. It had some great battles with the best in the league, and <laughs> you know, really, just nothing but respect for that guy. Yes, right? and, and I think it's pretty universal and pretty unanimous. It is the is the vanilla bean of ice creams. It's the vanilla bean of ice creams. It is a classic. It's a classic. And it and you can't it, go wrong with it. That's true. No one dislikes it. I don't think it's a lot of people's favorites because it's not flashy. It's not in your face, but it's consistent. And damn it, that's what I need. You need consistency. <laughs> I see. I see what you're doing there. Um, I am. I've actually shocked myself that I didn't put any of the Charlie Brown Christmas songs from the special on my list because honestly. Um, I almost, I toyed with the idea of making my list Christmas albums, not Christmas songs. Cheater. Because 
I wouldn't expect you guys to bring Christmas albums just because mm-hmm. I know that I am a little bit I'm way more enthusiastic about Christmas stuff than you guys are. Not that you aren't, but I just can go a little overboard sometimes with it. I almost wanted to do it because of that whole album. So I didn't want to pick one song off of it. I mean, that that album has uh, Fury Lees on it, which is like a classical song, piano. Uh, I remember buying a Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack on CD at a Starbucks. You had to go places to buy things. I did. <laughs> the whole world used to, but I never had that that soundtrack growing up on any version of material um, media. I never had the the record of it or a CD or or a tape. But it wasn't until I was grown. Mom and I were in a Starbucks, and I looked down, and right at the at the cash register, they had a CD of Charlie Brown Christmas. I mean, my hand snatched it right up, and I'm just <laughs> like, "We have to get this." And yes, it's another one that I don't let Christmas go by without listening to. But the last one on my list is also it's I try to make it the first Christmas song that I hear every Christmas. Now, I can't control if we're out and about and we're walking around you know, a store or something and they're playing a Christmas song that happens now, like around Halloween yeah. sometimes. <laughs> well, I've, I've been with you in a store when they start playing a Christmas song. That isn't the one you're alluding to right now. Yeah. You just plug your ears and go la 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 and run out of the store. <laughs> I wish that were true. <laughs> that would be hilarious if it were, but it isn't. But when it does get to be um, Thanksgiving weekend and I'm putting up the Christmas uh, lights, like we usually do on Thanksgiving weekend and I'm getting the Christmas decorations out for the house the song I usually love to start with, and I try to make a point of it, is the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Because it's that to me is that's Christmas in a song. And that's another one of the singers that I alluded to being just iconic. He's iconic for so many reasons, but Christmas is another reason why. I mean, he's it is such an absolutely beautiful and moving mellow i wanted to sit next to a fireplace even though it's usually still like 80 degrees on thanksgiving (laughs) around here so it's we don't light the fireplace uh at that point but i do i want to sit by a crackling fire and look at a christmas tree maybe drinking a cup of hot cocoa um i don't smoke anything so a cigar (laughs) or something would go well with this but i don't do that but i want to hear it while this song is playing because to me it is just I, I, it's another one I can hear the music playing in my head right now, and then his voice comes in. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, it's it's, it's like butter. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I wholeheartedly yours. agree. I would be sitting right next to you in a rocking chair or something <laughs> to add to this hypothetical. Uh, it is called the the Christmas song. For the a Christmas song. To me, it is like the epitome of Christmas, the yeah. embodiment of Christmas, and just like the opening line, I'm just like, all right, I don't care what time of the year it is, it's Christmas time. Yep. Nat King Cole said so. Yep. So that also would be um, the last song on my Mount Rushmore of uh, Christmas songs. And like you, I'm not overly enthusiastic about Christmas time. It's because it has turned into. A lot of different kinds of things, which I'm sure. not going to rant about. But what it really stands <laughs> for is like the people you love, the people yeah. you want to be around, and the gesture of gift giving. Even though you sh- you can do that year round. Yeah. To me, this song explains all of that and would be something that I would have to listen to before Christmas arrives, and I already have. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, bring us home, buddy. Oh, and I will. <laughs> Happy Christmas by john lemon 
Did you say John Lennon? John Lennon. <laughs> John, the man Lennon. Yes. Himself. And it's interesting. He doesn't say Merry Christmas. It's no. Happy That's Christmas. right. Happy Christmas. And what's the name of the like the, the second part of it? It's like... Oh, War is Over. War is Over. Yeah. yeah, see? And you know... If you want it. My boy John couldn't have... Couldn't, he can't make a song without making it about that, right? That's right. But you know what? Stick to your guns, man. You know what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best part, great song, start to finish, but the happy Christmas, John, happy Christmas, Yoko. Yes. Gets me every time. Yep. That's how it starts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, a good choice. And I'm so glad you brought it up because it's another one I had trouble not putting on my list. It was going to be an honorable mention. Uh, yeah. So my, if you have any honorable mentions, feel free to share them. But one of my, my honorable mention is anything with Bing Crosby. The man yep. is, uh, is an icon. I think oh. I left him off my list because he is like top of the list for people and artists sure. of Christmas music. Sure. So, yeah, I think yeah. anything Green Crosby's honorable mention for me. Yeah. Surprisingly, Kenny Rogers oh. has a lovely Christmas album. May have multiple, I don't know, but he has a lovely Christmas album that uh, I listened to when I was a kid. And my last honorable mention will be the Jonas Brothers. The Jonas Brothers, which we were just playing the other day, um, they have a very funny video where their heads are like paper cutouts of nutcrackers, and it's, they're just singing. It's their lyric video it's of a lyric. the Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the name is called, or what the name is called. <laughs> the name is called the name. Uh, the, I don't know what the song is called, actually, off the top of my head uh, for the Jonas Brothers, but it's a good one, so I'm sure it'll come out if you Google it. It's called Like It's Christmas. Like It's Christmas mm. by the Jonas Brothers. Talented guys. Excellent, catchy Christmas song. Luke, uh, honorable mention for you? Uh, shout out to Camp Rock, by the way. Camp Rock is a classic. Yeah, Camp Rock. Can't go wrong with Camp Rock. Is Camp Rock a Christmas movie? I don't I know. It's not. It takes place in summer, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> the, you're going back to what we talked about last week, Luke. Okay, but if you just find the correlation between the Jonas Brothers and making a Christmas song... I hear what you're doing. I love it. I love it. Um... This is like totally gonna catch you off guard. Bob Marley has a reggae Christmas album. A whole album. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to it. It's good. I love it. If you're into reggae, no, I'm Bob Marley is, is magnificent. So, um, all right. So, is that a, is that it? Did you have your honorable mentions? Did you finish your honorable? Mentions? I think I don't know that I could name any off the top of my head, but I said Bing Crosby's yeah. versions of uh, like White Christmas itself. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, classic. For anyone into Atlanta trap music. Gucci Mane has an album called East Atlanta Santa. East Atlanta Santa. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) Shout out to Gucci Mane. Last thing on the docket here. um, Mary Perdue, wonderful supporter of the Colby cast and and, and fantastic person. Let me know on Twitter that, because we talked about White Christmas last week. Uh, She mentioned on Twitter that Holiday Inn is like the setup movie for White Christmas, Mm. and in some ways is even better. And I can tell you all, I've never seen that movie, and it's been on my list of something I would like to see forever. So I'm going to have to make that happen, Um, especially now that Mary uh, let us know that it it is connected to White Christmas. And I I actually think, uh, if memory serves me correct, what she also mentioned in the tweet was that the song White Christmas actually appeared in that movie before White Christmas. So Interesting. that's what our listeners have come to expect is that excellent hard hitting news. So there is a white Christmas multiverse. 
And it has a prequel <laughs> called mm-hmm. Holiday Inn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Which is also a lovely line of uh, hotels across the world, really, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, yeah. So, all right. Any, any, yes, Caleb. We should watch Holiday Inn in a Holiday Inn. That would. It's a little That might break the simulation. Yeah. I'm going for it. You're Let's looking do it. to do that, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Uh, anything else? Anything? Any final thoughts? Well, we appreciate everybody listening uh, to our rambling and our silliness. Uh, and I know we do get to, to be a little bit silly, but we have fun. And we hope that you guys have fun with it, too. Um, happy holidays to everyone out there. Thank you all again for your support. Celebrate your holidays safely. Go to your loved ones and give them a hug. Tell them what they mean to you. Another good one, Stevie Wonder, what Christmas means to me, just uh, came into my brain. Uh, Yeah, so you referenced it, Caleb. Relatives, loved ones, uh, go grab somebody that you love and, and give them a hug and tell them what they mean to you. And have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And thank you for listening to The Colby Cast. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.